Welcome no to Theology on Tap. So glad you're here. Go ahead, grab a drink, um, grab a seat if you haven't already. Um, so glad that you are here, especially if this is your first time. Welcome. And just to explain a little bit of kind of how the evening goes, we'll, we're getting started up now, right now. This is my friend Andrew O'Dell. Hello. Uh, I'm Justin Hare, and uh, we're so glad that you're here. Basically, what we'll do is each time we gather, uh, normally our, our my good friend Brian McGreevy is, is with us, so we have a special guest today who's returning. You've come once before, That's but true. we're glad that That's you're true. back. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit. While we're talking, uh, you'll see these kind of handouts kind of around the room. You can submit any question at all by clicking on this QR code, related or not related to anything we're talking about. And then who's doing the mic? Ian's doing the mic. Awesome. And so uh, you'll see on the... Um, on the app as you submit questions, all the various questions that come up, you can go ahead and like, and some of the questions that are most liked hopefully will come to the top, and Ian will pose those here probably about 8, 8.05, something like that. So, um, But tonight, I'm really excited because we are talking about um, navigating life's big decisions. I know we've talked before uh, in the past about, uh, you know, how do you make just any decisions? <laughs> if, you know, being a young adult, you've got a number of things in, in our lives, in your lives, that uh, require discernment. And so we've talked a lot in theory in the past, you know, like, where, where do I work? Am I in a career that's fulfilling? Like, finding a spouse, I'd like to do that. Or, you know, where do I live? Do I buy a house? All these are great questions. Um, and we've talked in the past before, there's some on our podcast, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out, Go ahead and like that because we do have a podcast. We record these and put them up online. Um, but what we are going to try to do tonight is a little bit different. We were going to try to put some flesh on all of that and make it a little more personal. So we're going to share, for the sake of uh, you know being personal and anecdotal, like just how some of the big decisions in our own lives, uh, how we came to some of them, and um, hopefully that'll be helpful. And afterwards, of course, you can you can ask further questions on that, clarifying questions, or we can talk about something else. But um, yeah, there's a number of things, and I think one of the ones that I hear, you know, I get to do college ministry and you know 20s and 30s ministry a lot, and for people finding a college going to is always like one of those big you know nerve-wracking things. It's actually right after college that seems to be the even the biggest nail biter of them all. It's like, what do I do now? Um, anybody relate to that at all? Okay, yeah. I, so, um, I'm curious. What did you do? Wh where did you go to school? And what did what did you do right after you graduated? And how did you decide that? Like, yeah. how did that come about? Well, I'm definitely not the model. I don't think of <laughs> how that happened. But um, again, I'm Andrew O'Dell, and thanks for having me, Justin. Super yeah. Good. So I went to Davidson College. I studied um, physics um, as my undergrad. Just always been kind of a, a little bit of a math nerd and a uh, science nerd. But um, I got a phone call. It was my senior year. It was um, I'd finished the fall semester, you know, trying to focus on my studies, trying to get everything done. And I got this call from my mom. Maybe you guys, I don't know, maybe you got this call, and it was like, "Hey, Andrew, how you doing?" I'm like, "Mom, I'm good. How are you doing?" You know. Well, how are, you know, how are things coming? I'm like, oh, fine, you know, kind of getting classes. I'm like, well, I, I just was kind of wondering, what, what, what are you going to do after college? <laughs> it's like, nice. I don't know, Mom. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure about what I'm going to do after college. But it was, it was sort of a um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a guy thing. I really had not looked beyond college to figure out. And really, you know, as Justin said, it's that time after schooling. So whether it's you know finishing out your high school, you know, career and maybe going you know, going to a trade school or figuring out you know finishing your high school, going to college. But at the end of that, whatever that is after high school or, or high school being the end, that's the first time in your life when the train comes to the, to the end of the tracks that have already been laid down for you. And all of a sudden, like, there's no track. And, and some of us were lucky enough, were blessed enough to grow up and know exactly what we wanted to do, what we were called to do. But I think for most of us, you come to the end of the track and you think, you know, you get a call from your mom, and it's like, I don't know, mom, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Um, but I, I almost brought my guitar to play a little song. Got some drums. Nah, I can't play the drums. the same. Because I wrote a little song in my senior year, but I thought to myself, how, how big is the audience for C grade? 90s folk rock. I feel like it's not a very big audience. I, that's yeah. actually our biggest. Uh, is it? Is yeah, it, yeah. Our, is it, we love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole point of the song was um, that I didn't have a job and uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. And um, one of the lines, my friends, they laugh because I've got no job. My parents, on the other hand, they don't find it so amusing. Yeah. And so um, that was where I was and maybe where some of you all have been. But I trusted that. Even though I didn't know, I trusted that God had, a, had some kind of plan for me. And I think above all else and through all else, what I'd want you to take home from today, through all the twists and turns in life, no matter where you are, is for you to hold fast to the promise from God that, that He does have some kind of a plan. Now, we have a role to play, and we're going to talk about that. We can't just sit back like a bump on a log and expect you know, God's plan to unfold. He, want, he calls on us to take a, a part in that. But I trusted that there was a plan. So anyway, I, I didn't have a job, and so um, finally got a job. I actually still have this letter from this little local Charlotte music company called McFadden Music. I don't even know if they're still in business. Uh, Offered me to be a manager. Yeah, McFadden Music. Yeah. They just sent it to you? Yeah, well, I, I applied for the oh, job. Oh, you applied for yeah, it? Yeah, and I'm a little okay. typed out. We're you know, pleased to uh, offer you the job of manager of McFadden Music. But That's I, huge. I did not take that job. Okay, what did no. you do? Because the day before graduation, I got a call from a school that they had a teaching position open. And um, I knew at that point in my life, I knew enough to know that I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew somehow I wanted to help people. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe it, being a teacher is how I'm supposed to help people. So I got that call and I took that job and um, it ended up not being the final thing that I did, but but it was what I ended up doing. And I, I, I guess what I'd say in terms of, of yeah. takeaway from that, yeah. a lesson from that, I think, is um, whether you're in a sailboat or in a motorboat, the boat, if you decide you want to turn the boat, you can't turn the boat unless it's moving. Yeah. You got to have the boat moving forward before you can make a turn. Now, I didn't know exactly where I was supposed to go, but it was clear to me that God had opened the door for this teaching position. I didn't know if I wanted to be a teacher. I wasn't trained to be a teacher. But sometimes you, God will call on you to kind of take that next step to move forward so that he can begin then to navigate your life. And we don't want to be hasty and just jump into anything. But what I want to say, sometimes we can get paralyzed and think, oh, this is not my be-all, end-all job. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be called to be a teacher or whatever. But sometimes God is going to call you to, to, 
to take a step forward so that he can begin to direct the rudder of your of your life um, in that. So yeah, I, I became a teacher. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, one of the things I forgot to say at the start was that we're probably you're going to hear hopefully some some of the things we've talked about in the past and some like yeah. some biblical counsel of like okay how to make decisions and two yeah. of the things that I heard you say that you at least alluded to were one trusting that God actually has a plan. Yeah. You know, the um, theological term is God's providence. Yeah. Like He's actually going to order and govern all things, and He does work in many ways, just kind of in the ordinary what's in front of you. And trusting that, and um, I love that analogy of the boat. Like you, simply just trusting in it. No, this may not be what you always thought it thought you would end up in, but um, you know that was the the other thing. Is you took the initiative to, all right. I know, kind of helping people is it. That's a, that's like the tip of the iceberg. I know, and and then I'm sure it probably gave you a lot of clarity on like, okay, that next step on yeah. on what's coming. Um, I had a similar little bit of yeah. growing up. Like, yeah. I, well, I, I went to Duke and played golf there yeah. and had massive a aspirations to play golf professionally and realized there are a lot of really good golfers out there. So they ain't that, had nothing on you, Justin. Uh, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, yeah. They, they were. Um, so I then was like, I didn't play my senior year. And I was like, man, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And it was, it was like junior, senior year that I started wondering, like, oh my gosh, I got to figure something out. And I think my parents were absolutely shocked when I told them, like, I think I'm going to try. Like, I, I basically looked at, like, things that I felt like I, I liked, yeah. you know, kind of what's in front of me, what things do I feel gifted in, what am I interested in. Um, you know, I love the quote, as Fred, Frederick Buechner, yeah, who yeah. I think just passed, yeah. but, like, his quote was, where your passions and the world's hunger or need meet is kind of where your calling yeah. is. And I think that's a big, that was really helpful for me. It was I yeah. loved, you know, I loved golf, but every summer I would do like Christian sports camps with golf. And like I loved investing in the next generation and yeah. sharing my faith and that sort of thing. And I was like, well, at least give this a try. And so I told my parents, I'm going to graduate from Duke and then go into an internship. It wasn't even a full-on job. It was just an internship that didn't pay anything Same, yeah. for youth ministry. And they're like, okay, weirdo. Like, all right, you can do this. And um, and so that's what I did right out. And it was in that time, actually, that really has, like, that year, year and a half after college that I really started getting more clarity on, obviously, now uh, I'm one of the clergy. So uh, that was... Interesting how that happened. Well, uh, shifting gears a little bit, like, um, what about relationships? You know, this is one of the things, like, I'm curious, because I, I, the little bit that I do know is at that job yeah. that you met your wife. Yeah. And so how did you know that you were ready to get married, first of all? And then how did you know Ellen, of all people? <laughs> Love you, Ellen, if you're listening yeah. to this. Um, <laughs> you're fantastic. And Andrew's the best. Far out kick his coverage. So, um, how did you know Ellen was going to be the person for you? Yeah, so I, um, I think they're always, you know, they're always, um, and we're wired differently, and I think we make decisions differently. So I think a lot of these things are going to depend on how God has wired you. Some, some of you make decisions perhaps a little more intuitively. Some of you might be more likely to make a list of pros and cons. I think both of those things can come into play. But for me, and if I would say this would be the second piece that is important, the first piece is understanding that God does have a plan for you, and, and it's he's working that plan out no matter what you're doing. He will always be, if you're attentive to him, and if you've given your life to him, he will be directing you through all the things and all the decisions you make, um, 
whether they even seem like good decisions or bad decisions, God will, will use those directly. He does have a plan. The second thing I, I would want to say is it is so important as Christians that we learn how to um, rely on our community. Yeah. And one of the things that was important for us, I was part of St. Michael's Church, which is just um, down the road and was part of a young adults group, just like you all. And so Ellen and I had started dating and, and started to get serious. But it was important to me that I had trusted Christian friends, and for me it was Christian brothers, who I could say, look, I, you know, this is getting pretty serious, I, but I'd love to know, you know, kind of what you think. I'm not asking you to tell me what to do, but I'm thinking, like, maybe I might be called, and I might be called to get married. I might ask her to marry me. And so that was Christian friends. It was also my um, pastor at the time, so Al Zadig, who's now, or still there at St. Michael's, but he was the assistant. So getting the counsel of trusted Christian friends, mature Christian friends, and so I would encourage you all to begin to look at who God has put in your life or maybe who God is calling you to, to begin a relationship with, um, both in terms of your peers, so your friends, but also looking to, to Christians who are you know a half step or a whole step ahead of you in life. So Al Zadig was about six years older than me, so he's kind of a half step ahead of me in life and was able to give me wise counsel. It's sometimes it's good to have uh, people in your lives who, who are you know, maybe 10, 20 years older, but cr trusted Christian friends that you can go to, to to lay these things out, say, this is what I'm thinking about. I'd love to hear what you think. So I think a very important piece of that for me was I had this internal sense that we were to be married, and, and that was very important. And it was also confirmed by those who knew and loved us. Mm -hmm. So I think having that community, that would be the second piece, is so important. It's, that Christian community, and not being afraid to, to talk about real things and real decisions with people that you trust. So did you ever second guess or like, is this really the person or am I really yeah. ready? Like, well, I mean, I, certainly I think if anything, any kind of serious decision, you, I think, I mean, there are some people who just jump in with two feet and they know. My temperament is, yeah, I think there's always sort of a, wow, this is big, this is important. So yeah, it's a little scary, little butterflies in his stomach. I will say, I, I, we've been dating for six months and I went to Al Zadig and I said, Al, I think I'm gonna ask Ellen to marry me. And Al said, hey man, that's great. He said, I'll tell you though, engagement stinks. So I would encourage you to date for a year. Yeah. Then get engaged, keep your engagement as short as you can and then get married. Um, marriage is great, dating is great, engagement stinks, and don't, don't, you know, wise don't, well, counsel, it was right? very wise yeah, counsel. Yeah, yeah. He said, don't, don't, you know, short circuit your, that time of, of blessing. And um, now Ellen and I, we sort of been talking around marriage, so when I had to cool the jets, she didn't take that too well initially, um, but it, it ended up being great advice for us. So again, that's that, that's that community of, yeah. of speaking in. So. I'm, how, how old were you when you, I was 25, I think. Oh, okay. So I got engaged when I was 24. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, we had talked about Proverbs is full. Like, if yeah. you're looking for wisdom, like, I love, I mean, James talks about if you, if you lack wisdom, ask the Lord who gives generously and he will give it to you. Um, but you also have just the book of Proverbs. Like, if I'm at trying to make a big decision, just meditating in the book of Proverbs usually because there's just little nuggets there to chew on that yeah. are that are so good but some of them were like uh, the importance of counsel and advice so Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance a people falls but in an abundance of counselors there is safety yeah. and uh, twelve fifteen of Proverbs the way of a fool is right in his own eyes like we always think we can be right but the, a wise man listens 
to advice, um, and I would say from, from wise counsel. And I think that's something that's just, uh, just from the air that we breathe in our day and age, like maybe we'll listen a, a little bit, but like to actually act on the wisdom of somebody outside of myself that really bucks against the grain of a culture that says, no, you have to do you at all costs, you know? So that's important. That's one of the ways the Bible does like say like this, there's, there's safety. It talks about in, yeah. and having wise friends who then you ask and are willing to follow their advice. It's countercultural. And I think I would, I would just say yeah. it, is, it is important. You, you, you need to be, be discerning in who you're allowing to speak into your life because sometimes there are, are well-meaning persons who might move from giving you wise counsel to telling you what you should do. And, and really a counselor is not one, I say counselor, you know, a, a friend or, or, or a mentor. The way Proverbs um, talks about counsel. Yeah, yeah. The way yeah, Proverbs talks about counsel is it's not... I'm not looking for someone to tell me what to do. I have, you have to decide what to do. I have to decide what to do yeah. with my life. But I do want someone who knows me and who knows the Lord who can say, okay, here are some things I see. Here are some things I'd encourage you to think about. Here are some things I'm concerned about um, who can speak that kind of wisdom into your life. I, I just, I don't know. We don't do that enough. And, and I think we rob ourselves of the richness of being part of the Christian community. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, obviously, friends, but... And pastors too, and um, and parents. Like I wish I'd done a lot more yeah. of that. Like I didn't give a second thought really to what my parents had to say. So you're nervous. You're like you're nervous what they're yeah. gonna say. You know? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Like I, um, so in, in getting engaged to my wife, mm-hmm. like that was. It's kind of a funny story. I could talk for probably thirty minutes about it, but I won't. Um, I yeah, like definitely when it comes to this sense of really seeking the Lord and not having full assurance, but like, all right, I've prayed about it. Mm-hmm. I've sought counsel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, read God's word mm-hmm. and really kind of created a pros and cons list. Mm-hmm. Even I was actually like, I wasn't dating. Um, I was actually interested in two different people about who to date. Ooh. And I was like, Oh boy. So yeah. who do I choose? Pros and cons list. And I've got a good like, list, man. This is crazy. So I made a pros and cons list. Yeah. And that's my temperament. Yeah. And that was, um, and this is crazy. I um, I picked the other person. Oh, wow. at first, I and, didn't see that coming. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm gonna, and I tried to like date her, yeah. and um, it was it. Long story short, like it just did not work out within a couple of weeks. So like maybe a couple months, and then I was like whoops you know like uh and i didn't want to immediately just jump back in and be like well it must be the other one you know so like i actually took some time and just said you know i don't need to be married i'm content in being myself but like um i took some just time away and just was okay and prayed about it and then just i I had a friendship you know with both of them in different capacity and like and so after a few weeks it was like okay that still was it was curious about like I, i had feelings for for Molly, and um, and that actually was crazy because all of a sudden, whereas that other person, like the doors kept shutting, like all the time. This one is just wow. You know what? You're interested in like, you know, the way I've heard it said before is like you fix your eyes on Jesus. I mean, the sermon you preached on Sunday, which was like running the race, like you fix your eyes on Jesus, and if you trust that God actually loves you and and His timing is right, He will bring that person alongside of you in that time and what i was trying to do is do just that fix my eyes on him and all of a sudden where this other person it was just not working um you know what she wanted out of life how she viewed marriage and like our kind of roles in that and what um where she wanted to live and all these things that i mean i was 
just pretty upfront and talking about some of these things. Like, not like the first date, you know, yeah. but like we had talked second about date. Yeah, yeah, probably the second, yeah. so yeah. third date, something like that. And, um, no, but it was all of a sudden like, wow, wow, this is crazy. And so it was incredibly short. Like, we had um, started dating, and it really freaked our parents out, too, that we got um, engaged. Gosh, uh, we'd known each other for a while, but started dating in like April, engaged in July, married in December, basically wow. kind of thing. So once it was like, man, things started really falling into place and we both had this sense of assurance along the way that this was the right person. But that, I, I, I you know, I love my wife, obviously, and I just think it's a testament to the fact that we're fallible people. We don't always get it right, and that's okay. It doesn't yeah. mean- God uses like, every- And he day. actually yeah, he does when yeah. he will lead you in this path when you seek his face, right? And that was what I was trying to do. And I think it's hilarious that of course I would mess it up or, you know, but like he, he got me there in, in the long run, so. Um, Can I jump yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. And, and since we're talking about, you know, discernment, I think to go up one level, we're using marriage as an example to think about sure, making a big decision. But of course there is a, in this case, a larger um, matter of discernment. Not all of us are called to the vocation of marriage. Yeah. And I think there's this assumption in our culture that that has to be the case. Well, it's not the case. Not everyone is called to marriage. Some people are called in a positive way to live the single life and for God to bring fruit out of that. I think about, um, I mean, one of my heroes was um, an Anglican priest in England. His name was John Stott, an incredible thinker. I mean, just he, the church is incredibly blessed by his ministry. And he, he believed he was called to remain single so that he could devote himself to that work. And it, and it has blessed, I mean, hundreds of thousands of yeah. Christians um, because of his ministry to us. Yeah. So it's, again, you know, all this is part of that discerning the big, you know, discerning the big questions. Yeah, so, and that's a, it's a good. One of the things Brian and I have talked a lot about is how just absolutely <clears throat> unheard of that is. Like, our culture says that unless you were... Uh, living out your sexual desires as you mm -hmm. see them, then you are an incomplete person. Like there's part of your humanity that's missing. And he said, no, look at Jesus who was single his whole life. He never was married, uh, never had sex. Mm -hmm. And he was a perfect, full, abundant life in the flesh. And that's, that's really important, I think. Um, well, we don't, I, I, you know, I was gonna say like, oh. we got some of that, but I, I would love to hear, um, is there anything you would do differently in light of this or things you would do more of as you think of some some of the big decisions you made in your own life um anything that you were like man i wish i had done more of this as i came to discern some of these big decisions or maybe things that you wish you had avoided yeah i think when i think about and i don't have a lot of regrets thanks be to god but I, when i do think about some of the regrets they came from um insecurities that caused me to make decisions quickly because they were people pressing on me to make a decision and I, I wish that I had, you know, had enough um, well, confidence in my sonship as God's son to be able to say, wait a second, I, I, need, I need to, again, go to trusted brothers or sisters and, and find out, you know, is this a wise decision? But I think about some of those hasty decisions. They were hasty, but they were still too quick. I didn't get counsel. And, um, you know, people were hurt by that. And um, so I, th I think that would be, yeah, a regret is, again, not, it, it came from a lack of self-confidence, not, not giving myself enough time to, to seek the counsel of others. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. pretty similar. I, I, I mean, there are some things that maybe like, 
you know, I, uh, but with my parents in particular, yeah. I think I wish as a young person, I mean, I was 22, I think, when, mm-hmm. and I just was like not ready or wanting to hear much of what they had to say as yeah. parents. But the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, man, they really do, um, they love me, but they also know me yeah. really well yeah. and can can at least have something helpful to, yeah. to offer. So the, the hearing from community and council and that sort of thing, yeah. um, one of the things I'm curious, I know you've just spent some time out in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the things we didn't talk about that right. It definitely is a role that in, in making big decisions is what um, and I don't know if I do this very well but I want to do it really yeah. well is to get away and experience yeah. solitude yeah. and silence yeah. that's age is so like unheard of today but you were out in Colorado leading a, a kind of a wilderness trip what role does like retreat solitude silence play yeah. in making big decisions like this well there, and I'd say there's a whole I mean that's one of a whole cluster of things when, when we talk about making decisions um, the, the, the two, I think, big things that are important in terms of how do we hear from the Lord? You know, learning to hear from the Lord in His Word, in the Bible, reading the Bible, and learning how to hear from the Lord um, through prayer, through worship. Um, those are kind of the two big key ways. But we need to recognize, for some of us, that, that hearing the Lord through those things is easier for others. And we often make the mistake of thinking, oh, well, you know, Sally Mae, she can hear the Lord speaking through the Bible. I don't, I have a harder time doing that. She must be more spiritual than me. And that's a false assumption. I mean, God speaks, to, he does speak to us in different ways. Now, we all need the word of God to ground us and to, but, but some of us um, really need, all of us need, but some of us um, have a greater need to hear from the Lord um, in, in times of solitude. Yeah. Now, sometimes that, you, you, that could just be taking a walk. Um, Ian and I were talking about jogging, and he asked about. It. He said, "Hey, man, can we jog together?" I'm like, "Ian, man, I'm sorry, but uh, when I jog, I jog by myself because that's when I hear from the Lord." Um, the importance of so getting getting away could be a you know formal retreat, but it could just be going out yeah. to the beach and taking a walk by yourself. Um, but I think also people can hear from the Lord. Um, we, we need to have um, just space for some, some play and fun and recreation. Sometimes that can begin to open things up. Um, you know, this, this peer-to-peer interaction that we've talked about, yeah. you know, of seeking the counsel of others. Um, I think also disequilibrium. Sometimes, you know, doing something that's difficult for, uh, or is kind of out of your box, sometimes that can, can open you up to hear from the Lord. My point is, we all need to be grounded in the Word of God. We all need to learn how to listen to the Lord through His Word. But, but for some of us, we also need to be able to hear from the Lord in some of those other ways, and, and solitude yeah. is, is one of those. That's good. Um, I definitely uh, would like to grow more in yeah. some of that. Right now with the house of three kids, it's like, it's kind of hard. It's impossible, but it's making you more aware of the fact that how important it is, yeah. you know? And, I think particularly when you have a big decision to make, like you see in scripture, like uh, fasting is like a big deal and like yeah. taking time, like going up on the mountain always right. seems to be the right. thing Jesus does. Yeah. And like uh, to go away in solitude and, um, and and to just present that before the Lord's a, a big thing. Yeah. Just one, yeah, one quick thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, I was gonna say one quick thing. You guys yeah, say one yeah, quick yeah. thing? I was gonna say, okay. you say it. Well, I was gonna ask a question, but why don't you go? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, so one other big concept that I talked about um, the importance of, of receiving in your heart the promise from God that he has planned for you. The second thing was um, seeking the counsel of others. Really want to encourage you all to do that, to seek out trusted Christian friends or mentors that you can hear from. I think the, the third concept is um, 
oftentimes we make the mistake of thinking that, that God calls people uh, to be priests, so guys with this funny collar, or God calls missionaries. But God has a calling on yeah. each and every one of our lives. And what I'll say is, I'm 47 years old, and for the first time in my 47 years, I can articulate in a simple way what I sense is God's call in my life. But that's been a 47-year process. And frankly, it was that time up in the mountains that really that became uh, that sense of calling. But my calling is not to be a priest. Uh, my calling, my, what I believe I was made to do, is to shepherd people into relationships of deeper intimacy with God, with each other, and with themselves. That's my calling. Now I'm living that out in the sort of in the context of being a priest. But that is, being a priest is not my calling. My point. But God has got a calling for each of you. And you know I've been at this for, for no, not 47 years, but, but you know since I was a teenager seeking God's will for my life. So you're on that journey too. My point is God does have a calling for you. And, and so learning to, to listen for him and to seek that out um, is so important. So anyway. That's good. I'm glad you said that. My last question was going to be uh, things that maybe you've seen that are really unhelpful ways of discerning. And, um, Horoscope? Yeah. Things that, well, like, I mean, maybe. Um, so is that, is that yeah. okay? All right, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Uh, um, I, I think I, I, there's I, more spiritual ways too. I think. Like, yeah. so I think of like, yeah. you, um, you know, people kind of like opening up the Bible. Like, I need oh, to hear yes. from the Lord, and uh, and then oh, I just landed here. It's like whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. All right. Well, I should, you know, yes. do definitely do. Yeah. It's almost like a magic eight ball approach, yeah. where like, you're like, it's important to like as you read the Bible to to read it contextually and to understand that like. How like how we actually interpret the Bible is very important, and yeah. so hearing um, from us. But that, that's like one of the ways too. I think um, a big one. I think in my own life and in people that I've pastored with uh, too and uh, with is um, you know seeking to hear from the Lord, but like clearly being defiant against His Word yeah. in an area. So like yeah. the Bible does talk about like when we are living in intentional sin. If you're trying to discern God's voice, yeah. uh, you know, don't expect to hear clearly. Like, yeah. sin clouds our judgment. And so that's a big one we haven't talked about. But, like, yeah. th that's one I would, would say. I don't know Absolutely. if you had any. I mean, horoscope's good, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't do that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think, um, and I don't know if this is more of a guy thing or not, but I, think, I do think men can sometimes tend to compartmentalize. And so you've sort of got your, like, there's this is my God life, and, like, this yeah. is my other life. and and those two boxes don't interact, which is another way of, I think, saying kind of what you're talking about yeah. is, yeah, we want these things to be integrated. Our big decisions, if they don't line up with what God has revealed to us about how we are to live, something's out of whack. And um, yeah, it's like wanting God's help, but on my terms, yeah. God. And that's not how that's not how we operate. Yeah. And so we have to, you know, we're not going to be perfect, but having every area of our lives submitted to Him, like, yeah. is a is a key aspect, I think, of hearing from Him. So. Well, that was, uh, I enjoyed that. Okay. I don't know if that was helpful or not, but I hope it was. Um, how are we doing on questions? We've got plenty of questions. Oh, all right. Okay. We still have time for more. If you haven't submitted a question yet, feel free. Remember, it's the QR code. Go ahead and scan, and we can vote on those questions. While you're doing that, I've remembered what I forgot to do here, oh. uh, which was oh. to make the announcement. Um, you'll see on here that coming up, uh, if you don't have a church home or if you're interested in more of, of perhaps getting plugged in at St. Phillips, which is where we 
our ministers. If you're not there, like we're super glad you're here. You don't have to be at St. Philip's to come to Theology on Tap. But um, we are having kind of a special young adult and families thing. We've done these periodically over the last couple of years where over in our courtyard, we'll have fun, uh, happy hour, and then we'll break off into various, uh, to hear ways to get connected in, in the ministry that, that we do for young adults over there. So it's a lot of fun. I encourage you to come. Uh, it's going to be August 28th. Cool. Yeah. I'll be there. Yay! Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's a great spot. We'll have a tent this year, so it'll be shady. Yes. Uh, it'll be warm. Not, not shady. Dude, I almost passed out yeah. setting up last year, so I was like, we should get a tent this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All right. First question. If God is always in control and has a plan for your life, can you ever make the wrong decision? So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> but um, God, p- part of his providence, and this is a, there's a little bit of a mystery to this, yeah. but he's able to take even our bad decisions and somehow weave them into his ultimate purpose for us. Um, and that's part of his, I mean, not magic in the, but I mean, it is kind of, it's like a magic. I mean, like, how does he do that? So, yeah, and, and um and he, it seems that he's able to kind of weave that back into the tapestry of his, of his will for us um, more quickly, the more quickly we come to repentance. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, you can, make, you can make wrong decisions. I mean, wrong decisions in the sense that are contrary to his will for us. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking, you know, the fact that we're creatures, you know, we're at the, we, our will is not identical with his mm-hmm. will, and so we can make wrong decision, uh, decisions that go against his will just yeah. by the very fact of being a creature of his. Yeah. Um, I would refer you back to, we did one on free will and predestination, Uh, by the way, so if you want to check that out, but, you know, my story of, like, marriage is a perfect example, like, in a non-moral sense, like, I didn't make the wrong sinful decision, but I just made a wrong one, and he worked that in, but even, um, you know, the verse that's come into my mind, well, it's Romans 8, 28, which is, God works all things for the good of those who love him, right, And, and that's, um, I think an assurance that we can have is, like, when we're seeking the Lord, we can trust that, um, there's not even, like, even ourselves, we can't derail uh, God's good plan for our lives, which is a comforting fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. When making or having recently made a big decision, how can I know when trial and hardship is a sign to persevere or a time to give up and cut and losses? Oh, I think that was really, I missed the first half of that. Could you say that? When making or having recently made a big decision, <laughs> yeah. how can I know? That's a great question. That's a great question. What do you think? I mean, so what I would say is uh, one thing you can be always confident of of is that God wastes nothing. Now, ultimately, I was not to live out my calling, for example, as a school teacher. I taught for four years, some of the hardest years of my life. Um, Even though that was ultimately not how I was to live out my calling, the context, I mean, I thank God for that, that experience. I mean, it taught me so much about teaching. Um, even though that was not the ultimate, you know, end. Um, I, I think that when you're facing trials, you, you do need to trust God will use every trial to train you, to equip you for future plans. He always does. I mean, the, the example of that is Joseph in the book of Genesis. If you have time, go read the, the story of Genesis and, and Joseph. I mean, he spent time in prison. And it's like, oh, it's a total waste. But none of it was a waste. God used it all 
through this crazy set of circumstances to get Joseph to a place where he could save, ultimately God could ultimately save his people. So I, my point is, God will use everything. I think there comes a time, though, when you're in trial, again, I think calling on friends around you, it might be that you need to persevere, but you do begin to look and say, okay, Lord, um, is there some other open door that you're calling me to walk through, to walk out of this? Um, and if God doesn't give you a clear open door, um, or, or, you know, if friends are speaking into your life and they say, yes, I know this is tough, but this is not like, you know, you're not being asked to do something immoral. I think you need to stick with it. Then maybe that's an indicator to press on and to ask the Holy Spirit for strength um, to grow even in what feels like a barren situation. Um, but again, I would, I would encourage you to call on the counsel of others because um, sometimes it is hard to know when to persevere, but God wastes nothing. That's a that's a really yeah. good word, and I think that I mean a lot of that is what I was going to share with, um, particularly I mean that's that is the crux of the issue, right? Where it's like, all right, how long have I stayed too long in this? And um, we're getting into the practicalities of trying to make a certain decision, yeah. and you know each decision is going to be unique in its own mm-hmm. case, and so it's definitely going to be a case by case thing. But um, yeah, that's the joy of actually having counsel mm-hmm. from wise, godly people that you know is to, to freely submit to that is a freeing thing. Yeah. Uh, where in these individual um, decisions come up, I think that's, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of wisdom, but it's also freeing to, to entrust yourself to, yeah. to loving uh, counsel. I, I think I would say also just knowing my own heart, like, like you said, if it's a moral, if you're actually, yeah. if there's a sinful component to what you're doing, so again, s- searching the scriptures, like, then you should cut it immediately. You yeah. should do that. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. Um, it's always worth it to, to trust God, even when you don't want to, and when it comes to something. Like if you're, they were asking you to do something that was immoral where you were working, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Or if you're in a relationship or something like that, and you're like, that is worth it. Yeah. Um, and I would say, um, oh, what was I gonna say? I hate when this it's happens. Worth it. Sorry. I no, that uh, wasn't. Um, Oh well, go ahead. Well, <laughs> if you got anything, hey, that happens. Old age, man. Yes. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. I think the other. I lost my thing too. No. no. Next question. It'll Reddit. come back. It'll come back. Oh, it's gonna He's come too back. Old what in the world were we talking about? Oh, so like, the, where am I right now? All right, go ahead. Next one. Fiddlesticks. That's gonna come oh, back to me. I know. In your experience, how does God call you to something? Oh, I just remembered. Ah. I'm not even joking. I was going to say, like, um, in my own heart of hearts. Yeah. I'm not even making this up. I remember in my own heart of hearts, I notice in myself the, the, the desire to push the eject button. And I'm in a situation that's hard. And, like, um, yeah. you know, when do I cut? Like, I'm always the grass is greener on the other side. And maybe, that, maybe that's just me. Yeah. But I think that, like, our natural human inclination is to not yeah. sit in the hardness. No, I mean, who wants to sit in the If it's not a moral. Yeah. You know, if I'm and Joseph. So, yeah. I don't know. Hit the eject button. Yeah, so, so somebody might speak into your life and say, I think you need to hang on. The other thing I want to say is when you're going to people for counsel, I mean, sometimes we can be a little nervous, like, gosh, I'm a little bit nervous about what they might tell me. Yeah. I think it's important to, to set it up and say, look, I've got this tough decision. I'm not asking you to tell me what to do. I've got to make that decision, but I am curious to know what you think. Yeah. That kind of takes the pressure off of thinking, oh, they're going to tell me something. I mean, you know, you want them to speak the truth. 
but but at the end of the day, you've got to take that and then and then make a decision about. Um, and that clearly sets the the, yeah, the, the frame for yeah. them to be like. Yeah. Sometimes people will tell you what choice yeah. you should make, and, and you don't need somebody uh, to tell you what to do, yeah. or you know, or bossing yeah. you around. But um, but as far, so, Ian, the question was, how do you discern God's call in your life? Yeah, so I, I would say, I mean, my experience is, again, it's been a lifelong process. I went through some very difficult things in adolescence, um, very painful things. God brought me through those, and I thought, gosh, I want other people to know God. So that, that was like the beginning, sort of the, the genesis. Um, I was like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a doctor, maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher, I don't know. Um, so then I went to college, and you know, all the things that you're supposed to learn to, to be a doctor, um, I hated those things. So I didn't take any of those things. Well, I guess I'm not supposed to be a doctor. So, so it is a kind of, it, it, God walks with you. It's a journey. And so you're kind of walking, and sometimes you, you learn your calling by learning, oh, it's not that. I thought it was that, but yeah. it's not that. So sometimes a no is part of learning um, your calling. But I, I think it's... Um, you know, so, so then I got another piece later on, like, okay, yeah, I, I do want to help people. I want to teach people, but being a formal classroom teacher doesn't allow me the kind of relationship that I think I'm wired to have. And so that, you know, it, again, it's one step after the other after the other. So it is a, a kind of growing into um, that. Um, and I think, again, having other people speak into your life to say, you know, I've noticed this about you. Um, this is something you tend to do in this setting, in this setting, in this setting. I mean, I, I, my tendency, I shepherd people, whether it's my family or my wife or my friend. I just, I just do it. I don't mean to do it. I just do it. I just sort of shepherd people. And so you, you part of your calling is going to come out of kind of, you know, what you do naturally. Um, but then connecting it with the needs of the world. Yeah, I love, I love that quote. And, um, you know, it's also finding what you're passionate about, what you're somewhat competent in, like yeah. there does need to be some level of competency. It's yeah. not that, I mean, you're certainly gonna grow in competency yep. and all that, but like where you're gifted, mm -hmm. where you're passionate, and where like the world has a need. Yeah. Those are some of the three, like kind of three core things that are good. Yeah. Uh, I love the way you framed it about like, you made a strong distinction between your calling yeah. and, your, and your job. Yeah. And I think that's really important because yeah. There could be a number of things. I mean, studies are showing that like people have more and more jobs throughout their lives. Like yeah. this one kind of job is just mm -hmm. not as common now. And there's plenty of ways you can live out a calling yep. with the same kind of giftedness and the same yep. kind of passion in in very different jobs yep. too. Um, and but yeah, just uh, we've said we've answered this I think okay. a, a lot like, <laughs> of like you know take a step out in faith. Yep. Trust again what God puts in front of you. Don't belittle that at all. Like yep. and take. Um, you know, all, all of what we've said so far, I think, would answer. <laughs> yes. But those are good things. What are the most important things you need to agree on outside of faith when considering a spouse? Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there are sort of some, yeah, faith, I just want to underscore, faith is incredibly important. You're not always going to be in the same place in your faith wall. Um, you're not necessarily going to hear from the Lord in the same way. You're not necessarily always going to be excited about the same thing. But you've got to both be on the journey of following after Jesus. I mean, I just I, I know it says that aside, but I just want to underscore that. I think next to that, it is. Um, I, I mean, I think in terms of, of rough, I, I think it's getting to know the person, getting you know, 
this is my wife, making sure there aren't any major problems. There's an, you know, an abusive tendency, or, and that those things only come out over time. I hate to speak in the negative, but it is. It, it's making sure is this an appropriate relationship? Um, that's the yeah, I think um, things to a happier place. <laughs> <laughs> well, the things that matter most to you, yeah. like in life, for instance. I mean, faith. Obviously, if, yeah. you're, if you're a Christian, like that is the number one thing. Like, yeah. and um, any anything that you hold as ultimate there needs to be that same shared because you're just going to make completely different decisions if you have competing in any ways things that are not compatible mm -hmm. as to what you hold ultimate yeah and then i guess even underneath that probably like um you know how you uh how you see like what you want out of marriage what you think marriage is yeah, is a really important a good, one. Yeah, very good. Um, how you see your vocations or callings in yeah, life, are yeah. they compatible yeah, at all? I mean, yeah, yeah. Molly, at, there was a time where she was like, I see myself going to Japan and working as a missionary. And I was what? like, I'm not, I don't see myself going to Japan. And so, like, that changed for yeah, her, and yeah. we got married, yeah. which is great. But, um, you know, those would be some of the things of, like, uh, and they're big thing. A lot of it does play out over time. It and does. like um, the biggest piece, as we've said, is like the the faith component. But I do think like maybe that um, you know uh, things that are helpful but not necessarily essential, right? Like views of money, political views, like all of those. Like, can you be of different persuasions? Sure. Is it going to be a challenge? Probably. You know. Um, I don't know, and just you enjoy each other. Yeah, I think like you actually should <laughs> yeah. you know, enjoy each other's yeah. company. Yeah. That you're, um, you know, that you have this the, the deep friendship yeah. to it is, yeah. is the biggest thing. But some of the big things, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I had a friend in uh, in seminary. In fact, they got married for whatever reason. They had never talked about children. She definitely didn't want children. He definitely did want children. Right. That didn't come out until after they were married. Now they had to work through that. It was not easy, but it is important to have some of those big conversations. Um, on the front end, certainly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A couple more. Now that you're past marriage and are settled in your career ministry, what are the major decisions in your life? Oh. Uh, you go. It's so funny. Past marriage. I never think about my marriage anymore. Um, no, I, I would. I get I'm still trying to figure I get, it out. I get the question. I know. I was just laughing. Uh, certainly, like children, right? I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. Like there's, and I don't know if that ever goes away. You, mm -hmm. You're a little further down than I am yeah, on this, not, but yeah, um, it's different. But yeah, yeah. I think honestly, yeah, my my children, but then also what I'm at the point, you know, 35 where. I, what I thought I would be at 35 and what I'm actually at is not the same. And so there's what I thought the spiritual life would be like. I thought it would be kind of this thing and it's way more like this. Yep. And um, so I would say the things that are focusing, like I've really had to do a, several times uh, recently of just like coming face to face with the Lord and like where I am in my spiritual journey. But then also, you know, right now I have to say no to a lot of things because my primary calling is to my, my family and, and having little kids. So that's kind of easy for me, but yeah. those are two areas. I think for me too, I think as, as you, many people move kind of in that's whatever your family life is gonna look like. And again, whether it's a single life or the married life or married with kids or whatever that is, and you kind of settle into a career. I think oftentimes, um, people can kind of stagnate, which is not healthy, 
But I think in terms of a lot of the spiritual growth that can happen and really usually needs to happen, I think for many people is dealing with some woundedness from childhood. Now, not all of us had traumatic childhoods, but um, I think most of us have. There, there are some things in terms of how our parents parented us, um, you know, doing the best they could, but, but in ways that were maybe not helpful. There are those things we have to begin to work through that I think is important, and and also, again, I'm like I'm still trying to figure this thing out, like my heart, like who who am I, like who who have I? So there's that kind of work, and and then what is, for us, we're about to be empty nesters, and and so like what is life going to look like for us yeah. in this next phase, and and how, now that I'm kind of getting clarity about my calling, my wife's getting clarity about her, what does that look like for us in this next season of our life? So there are definitely seasons for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't. The, that that parent piece is a yeah. huge one for family of origin stuff. Yeah. Like, I did not expect that. Like, it was yeah. probably there. Like, yeah. once you get, yeah, there, you think, oh, I'm over this. I kind of worked it out. It's like, yeah, yeah, like I heard that. We yeah. did premarital counseling, yeah, and that blah, came blah, up. Blah, blah. But like, yeah. it wasn't that big. But yeah. like, then I got married. I was like, oh, okay, kind of. Then parenting, it was yeah. like, holy cow, Batman. Yeah. We've got yes. like a lot of family of origin stuff we got to yes. deal with. So guilty uh, as charged. Yep. Yep. So. How much thinking is overthinking when it comes to making a decision? I, I think paralysis. You know, like if you're if you're paralyzed, that uh, that's kind of time to bring in some, again, trusted counselors, trusted friends. Say, hey, I'm kind of paralyzed. Can you yeah. maybe help me think through some of these things? So I think paralysis would be a sign that you're. Yeah overthinking maybe and if you keep comp- like if you haven't cracked anything new on the same issues and you keep going back mm-hmm. that's maybe not exactly paralysis mm-hmm. but like no, that's a kind of that might be overthinking where yeah. it's like man i need to get out of my own head i'm definitely yeah. like that and yeah and again what has been helpful to me are those places where like i trust that there's a loving heavenly father yeah and i know my default is not to underthink things yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so that's just you got to kind of learn your own personality right like if you are somebody who doesn't tend to like put a lot of for- you know you're shooting from the hip and going all the time like yeah. maybe you do need to slow down a lot i'm the opposite i'm going to get every like research papers in college like i could never start writing until because i was always researching and thinking and doing all that you gotta start so for me it's like all right let's let's get out of your head yeah. and try and do that so you got to know yourself and that's part of the spiritual journey but it's also growing up where and, and asking others and learning about yeah. um yeah. And sometimes you can get stuck too. I just want to say, when we're talking about a lot of serious things, you know, seeking counsel and all those things are incredibly important. But sometimes you just like, you just need to break away and like, go have some fun with your friends and go to the beach or, you know, sometimes just, or getting, you know, going up to a football game or sometimes just doing those things that are out of the norm a little bit can kind of break you out of some of those, like you get stuck in your head. That is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's essential. We could talk a lot yeah. more about that, but that, what he just said is really good. I think keeping when you're talking about sometimes, big decisions yeah, yeah, keeping just, little yeah. things of joy and, yeah. and um can kind of levity break that are yeah. good yeah break that open do you ever have doubt in your relationship or did you ever have doubt in your relationship while dating and how did you know they were not the one or how did you know that they were the one yeah right <laughs> I think doubt's pretty typical. I mean, I think not everybody has it, but yeah, I think, um, it, again, we're wired differently. Some people are able to like just make a decision and they're like, they're, they made a decision, they go for it. I think for some of us who are a little bit more ponderers, I mean, sometimes you're gonna ponder it a little bit. And um, 
Yeah, I think for me, I do a little ponder, ponder, but then you get back and you're like, oh man, I really love Ellen, you know, and she loves me and she's not perfect, I'm not perfect, and we're gonna learn things about each other we don't like because uh, we're broken sinners. Um, but that's part of, that's part of how God in marriage shapes us into the people we're called to be is through our own brokenness that we can use that. So um, for me, I think, yes, there were certainly times I'm like, okay, is this definitely, and I think that's, not atypical yeah would be oh yeah um i would even go i i, I haven't met anybody who hasn't had doubts mm-hmm. in some capacity so may, i'm sure there's somebody out there who's like i knew from the yeah. moment and right. like never yeah. doubted ever even yeah. the people that are like it was love from first sight like yeah. had some doubts somewhere along right. the way like yeah. it, so i'm still waiting yeah. to meet if you're here yeah. i'm talking to you i think there's like, some i think they're like you know it's like the bell curve they're like maybe. over here on the tail yeah. of the bell yeah um, so doubt is a very normal thing in, in all aspects of yeah. life. And I think that's really important to like navigate that. So what I, the way I navigated it was like going back to the major things like, okay, this is something, you know, am I, am I seeking the Lord? Am I, uh, the is way the relationship going, healthy? Yeah. Um, the way I went about trying to discern it, yeah. the, the relationship seemed healthy. There were no major red flags and, um, you know, they basically like, all the things that, that were kind of the major things that we wanted, you know, the, the vision for our lives, what we thought about marriage, yeah. where we we're gonna live out our callings to, together and how to do that, like all seemed to fall in place. And so I was just trusting and stepping out and, and kind of doing it, yeah. Can't, yeah, so no. let me just, yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we, no, I with you, but I just I thought about, this, is, this is like, built in the, don't do that. <laughs> but I, the question was, how did, was the question like, how do you know they were the one? Was that Do you ever have doubts and, and how did you know that they were? Okay, so let me just be clear. I don't believe like there is one single person you're supposed to marry, and there's me, and like in like through the twists and turns, and maybe you're going to connect, or maybe you aren't. It, it, that's not. I don't believe that's how God works. And and I, I think it, it's a little again, it's a little bit of a mystery. Like we want to like square the circle, like God's providence and our free will. Again, go back and listen to the old podcast. But um, at the end of the day, you you look at the big picture things. You know. Do we both follow Christ? Do we enjoy each other? Are we, you know, kind of headed in the same direction? Um, is the relationship healthy? Um, you know, all those kind of big picture things. It, it's, it's. Then that is part of the discernment of saying, okay, yes, I think this is the way forward. But it's not like you're looking for just. There's like just the one person. I don't think that's. Yeah. Yeah. And or like that one, I'm trying to figure out that career that yeah. I know I've been destined for. No, it's like, you just God yeah, doesn't know. You, you he opens a door and you kind of go through it and you're like, oh, this is not the no, okay. And then or, or yeah, well, I really like that. And oh, but I, you know, yeah, it's more of a yeah. And the way I heard somebody say it was like Plinko. Um, you know, when you become like basically when you get married, that's when there's the one. And that's yeah. like, there's like <laughs> yeah. there, it sounds you married them. Because yes. you married them, yeah. they're now the one, yeah. and like you're like okay. But as a Christian, you look back and you're like, okay, that we do trust that God's doing that, and yeah. there's the commitment level that this yeah. is what it is, and um, and so I always found that like yeah, there's not this like secret code that you're trying to mm-hmm. crack. Like God's not going to reveal this like mystery, you know, that you have to somehow find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's going back to what you said at the very beginning. Yeah. So that's a great way to end. It's oh. like the uh, trusting God along the way um, and, and the little faithful steps that we make and trusting that he's going to, to work it exactly the way that he's intended. So any other final thoughts? 
Yeah, no, I think that will be too big. Thank, yeah. Well, thank you so much oh. for coming. This has been a lot of fun. Always yeah. good to have you it's with good, us. Good to be here. And uh, so glad that y'all came tonight. Stick around. Uh, have another drink. We'll be hanging out for a little while. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you.